0: This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're well. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Monday, September the 12th. The day after what I'm sure you'll agree has been a very different weekend in Kent following the death last Thursday of Queen Elizabeth II. A lot of historic ceremonial events have happened in a very short space of time, notably the proclamation of the new King Charles III. Huge crowds gathered in towns across the county for the official announcements to be made, including in the castle gardens in Rochester.
1: Prince Charles Philip Arthur George is now... By the death of our late Sovereign of happy memory, become our only lawful and rightful liege, Lord Charles III.
0: The High Sheriff addressed those who'd gathered in Maidstone, the county town. God save the King. God save the King. And there were cheers in Gravesend. Three
1: cheers for His Majesty the King. Hip hip. Hooray.
0: Hip hip. Hooray. Hip hip. Hip, hip. Hooray! Well, Sheila Wright was among the people who gathered in Folkestone.
2: I wanted to be here, and particularly with my grandson, for a moment in history. I mean, the Queen's reign has meant a lot to me. I think she's been the perfect ambassador for our country. And now, obviously, I hope King Charles will follow suit. Do you think King Charles is going to be a great king? <laughs> yeah.
0: Earlier on in the day, the Archbishop of Canterbury had led a special service at the city's cathedral.
2: God graciously gave us the most wonderful example of a Christian life and a Christian death. Her late majesty taught us much, if not more, about God and grace, both in words and the actions that reinforce them than any other contemporary figure. We remember her not for what she had, but for what she gave. What a precious blessing. How precious she was therefore to us and how keenly we feel her loss.
0: MPs gathered in the Commons over the weekend not only to swear allegiance to the new King but also pay tribute to the Queen. Well, let's hear from some of them now Chatham and Tracy Crouch, Thanet's Sir Roger Gale, and Tunbridge Wells rep Greg Clark.
3: Like many colleagues, I visit primary schools and have been asked the question, Have you met the Queen? It is often followed with the question, Have you met Harry Kane? <laughs> <laughs> When I tell my primary school children that I have indeed met the Queen there is an audible sigh and they are keen to hear more stories about her. I tell them the story that I first met her and my curtsy was awful it was embarrassing and I get all the children to stand up and practice their curtsy and bows just in case they ever get to meet the sovereign Mr. Deputy Speaker, last night, as we sat as a family and watched the news break of her death, tears openly rolled down my cheeks and that of my other half. Our six-year-old took my hand in his and said, Don't worry, Mummy. (coughs) The King will look after us now. He is right. God save the King. Uh,
4: Madam Deputy Speaker, I was nine years old when King George VI died. I can remember it fairly vividly. And uh, rather like the Right Honourable Lady, the member for Derby South, the next, I think, most memorable event in my connection with the royal family was the bar of chocolate (laughs) um, that we were all given at the coronation. And I seem to remember we got a coronation mug as well. And for 70 years, so far as I am concerned, this great lady has been my lodestar, my monarch. I was listening on the wireless... I think some people call it a (laughs) radio. This this morning, um, on my way up from Kent, uh, to a caller who said, if we really want to honour Her Majesty's memory, then it would behove us well to emulate the way that she lived and served in her life. And I think that's something, actually, that in this house,
2: we might all bear in mind. In Royal Tunbridge Wells, we have a very special connection Uh, through Mr Harry Collins, who for 22 years has been the personal jeweler uh, to Her Late Majesty, uh, responsible for the care of her jewels uh, and for designing and making some of the new pieces that have been so admired around the world during that time. I had coffee with Mr Collins this morning, and his devotion to Her Late Majesty is absolute, uh, and he is much too discreet to break any confidences. But I did read, however, uh, that his appointment survived, having fallen flat on top of one of the queen 's corgis when attempting to follow protocol by walking backwards during <laughs> one of his early consultations, now one of the high points uh, of my life was, as many members many right honourable members have expressed, was meeting her Majesty to be sworn in to the Privy Council for the first time as I was in 2010. And we've heard uh, already this morning and yesterday some of the hazards uh, of that. Uh, and it is so overwhelming is that moment that I understand that men have suddenly been moved to curtsy uh, in front of Her Majesty. Uh, and otherwise capable people have swayed on the footstool while trying, trying to kneel on one knee, holding up a Bible in one hand and to recite the oath at the same time. And of course the one person Who didn't mind uh, as has been said was her majesty herself who put everyone at their ease
0: over the weekend it was confirmed the queen's funeral will be held in london on monday september the 19th which will be a bank holiday As we mentioned in Friday's Tribute podcast, the Queen's final visit to Kent was to meet those at the Royal British Legion Industries in Aylesford in 2019. Steve Hammond is a veteran and ambassador for the RBLI and met the Queen while he was in the army. He's been sharing his memories with me.
1: I signed my shilling. You know what they do? You you sign for your Queen and country, you get your shilling and... uh, and the rest is you think she'll last forever, but it's uh, you know, uh, terrible times really. And then you gotta think about the uh, um the king now, you know, and he's got a um big shoes to fill, but I think he'll do it and I think he'll he'll get the nation all behind him. And uh, yeah, I'm it's it's looking good going
5: forward
0: and how important was it to you when you were in the army to serve her majesty how how much was that on your mind when you were out out on duties
1: very much so very uh, uh, a motherly figure uh, always wanted to do my best for uh, for queen and country and it was always in the back of my mind but we never thought uh, that she'd um, Die really, you know, because you think she's going to be there forever, but unfortunately, she wasn't, and it's uh, it's hard to take.
0: You mentioned their queen and country. I mean, it's it's very much a phrase that that said quite a lot, isn't it? And it's going to be very strange to say king and country now going forward.
1: It is. I was uh, I was seeing one of the Welsh Guards, um, or someone was talking about the Welsh Guards. Are they going to make make it instead of the the Queen's Guards? How are they going to go forward with the King's Guard? And it doesn't sound right, is it? The King's Guard? No.
0: <laughs> I'm sure we will get used to it in time. Um, have you spoken to any other um, former servicemen? How are they feeling at the moment? What's the general sense of, of mood where you are? It's uh,
1: subdued, really. You know, uh, I went out to get a pot of paint today for the, because the, the volunteers are coming to paint the factory. And there was, there was, There was no cars on the road and it it didn't feel right. You know, it was... uh, And then going past the Church Dalesford, you got the Union Jacket half-mast and that brought it back again. And, you know, it's... I met her on a few occasions at Buckingham Palace. uh, The... The Welsh Guards uh, troop in the colour when we had our own standard there, and it, it was wonderful.
0: What was that like? That must have been an amazing occasion.
1: Well, it was. It was. Uh, I can always remember 1980 when it was our our colour. My mum and dad came down, and, and they said it was one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done since I was born. <laughs> dad <laughs> said to my mother, so. So that was really good.
0: Earlier today, King Charles addressed both houses of Parliament at Westminster Hall, promising to uphold the constitutional government. He also thanked MPs and peers for their condolences. Meanwhile, elsewhere in London, people have already started camping on the Mall ahead of Wednesday, where the Queen's coffin will be taken from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Hall, where she'll lie in state until the morning of her funeral. Downing Street's announced there'll be a National Minute silence on Sunday night. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and a lorry driver from Kent who died after losing control of his vehicle has been described as a loving grandfather, father, son and brother. 56-year-old Gary Chadwick from Dartford died when the lorry overturned on the A34 in Oxfordshire last month. His wife says this devastating incident has changed our lives forever and he will be sorely missed. A man's been arrested on suspicion of drink driving after a car crashed into a garden centre in Tunbridge Wells. The vehicle came off Erridge Road and careered into the building in the early hours of yesterday morning. The suspect was also taken to hospital but has since been released and investigations are continuing. At Kent Online today, you can see pictures of 13 people police would like to speak to in relation to a pitch invasion at Chillingham's Priestfield Stadium. A number of fans ran onto the ground at the end of the match against Rotherham earlier this year. Fighting broke out and police have been investigating and urging anyone who recognises those in the images to come forward. There's anger in Kent after it was announced a ban on fracking for shale gas has been lifted. New Prime Minister Liz Truss made the decision last week in a bid to boost the amount of energy produced in the UK rather than being imported from elsewhere. Now, fracking involves drilling into the earth and then using a high-pressure mix of water, sand and chemicals to release gas trapped inside rocks – But there are concerns it causes earth tremors and could lead to water pollution. I've been speaking to Mark Hood, who is a Tunbridge-based Green Councillor.
5: What we've seen is where fracking has been undertaken in this country. It's caused huge problems. We've seen the tremors up in um, the northwest of England. And the most important um, aspects are actually that we need to stop extracting fossil fuels from the ground. We need to stop opening up new oil fields, uh, we need to stop extracting more coal, we, and we certainly don't need fracking in this country. Now where fracking does take place um, in, in countries like America on a large scale, um, a lot of the fracking goes, most of the fracking goes on in the uninhabited parts of the um, of the, the country, so that won't affect things like um, aquifers, which we rely on for drinking water. Now in here in Kent, we rely on groundwater, um, almost exclusively in East Kent. And if we start drilling um, holes down through the aquifers to get to the shale gas, and um, we have, we run the, the unacceptable risk of polluting the aquifers, once you've polluted the aquifers, you can't unpollute them. The cocktail of, of chemicals that you use to um, carry out the fracking is so unbelievably um, destructive uh, that it's, it's unreal. So we can't take the risk. It's unnecessary. The alternatives are so much cheaper. When you look at things like, um, like onshore wind, especially, we we just cannot we cannot fathom why um, why the government seems to be completely opposed to um, to more to opening up onshore wind uh, when it it's so much cheaper than all the options. When you look at things like nuclear, the the lead-in times, apart from the environmental um, aspects, are so huge, but. On your wind, you can get that up and running um, very, very quickly, and it is so much cheaper.
0: You mentioned there about fracking that sites in Kent have been identified. People who live near those sites will probably know about that already because there have been protests about it in the past. How concerned should they be today? Because as you say, fracking is something that can't happen overnight. There would be a long lead-in time to it, but how worried should they be, do you think?
5: We should all be worried. I mean, to, ha- to have this brought back, um, to the table and to be discussed as part of our energy mix is just is just crazy. It will cause uh, disruption for communities, um, and it, we need to we need to uh, we really really need to see an end to this. We need to get this um, option removed as quickly as possible. And I am pretty sure that the the reaction of the communities involved will be um, very very strong because th- this this has potential. You can't get you can't get much more fundamentally um, important than than da- endangering your your water supply. This, this, the, there are a few things we rely on more than than
0: water. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Drivers have described a dirty-looking car park in Margate as something out of a post-apocalyptic zombie town. Images, which you can see on the website, show the Mill Lane car park littered with fast food wrappers, broken alcohol bottles and empty beer cans. There's an awful lot of graffiti on the walls as well. Well, we have asked Thanet District Council for a response. Controversial plans have been revealed to knock down shops... in Ramsgate and replace them with up to 40 flats. Developers want to put a four-story block with five retail units on the high street, but people living nearby are worried it'll cause parking problems. The people behind the plans say current tenants will be offered alternative accommodation. A reminder for drivers, an important one this, the slip roads on and off the M2 near Sittingbourne have been closed and will stay shut for the next four months. It means you can't come off at Junction 5 if you've been heading coastbound or the the M2 to head towards the coast at the same junction from the A249. Now, these closures are in place until January, so a really long time, and it's because work is still going on on the redesigned Stockbury Roundabout Junction. Do head to Kent Online, we've got full details of all the diversions for you. Now, businesses near Dartford are calling for urgent action to tackle fly tipping after a series of large fires. On the hottest day of the year this summer, crews spent seven hours tackling a blaze and two commercial warehouses were destroyed when a fire broke out near to Darrant Industrial Estate. Fridges, tyres and other waste are regularly left in roadside ditches. Neil Fuller is the MD of Allsford Timber, which is based there and has been describing what it's like.
6: I've worked for the company now for nearly 15 years and it's got progressively worse and worse over those 15 years. Um, and one of the biggest issues that we have um, is it's it's a it's a health and safety issue because the flight tipping is now encroached or is encroaching more onto the road which forces cars out there, there, there was a, a traffic calming um and a complete upgrade to the road made ooh, about 10 years ago, maybe mm-hmm. uh, 10 years maybe a bit less than that which uh, helped dramatically um in terms of the resurfacing of the road but the flight tipping is now encroached and in some places it's so dangerous it's actually forcing uh lorries and cars to be against the flow of traffic and the issue you've got is it's a very very busy down industrial estate it's incredibly busy there are there are hundreds of journeys made each day by everything from vans to 44 ton trucks we've got a big commercial fleet um so it's a health and safety issue because you've actually got people that walk up and down that road too because they can't obviously they, they, they need to walk into work so the main thing is a health and safety issue. Um, environmentally, it's a disaster. You will have heard about the fires that we experienced way back, I think it was the end of July. Um, those fires were, in some place, some places, caused by the fly tipping because of um, the, the, the heat set by to the, the oil and the whatever in the ditches. And that finished within about 50 to 100 meters of our branch, of our, of our head office. Um, Ironically, if you go down there now, a lot of that fly tipping has been burnt away, but within 24 hours, it's mm-hmm. it's come back again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's starting to come back. So the, the biggest issue is the health and safety. Uh, the other f- for us, obviously, is the environmental issue as well. Uh, and from a commercial point of view, people do not want to come and work for us and other businesses down that estate. Because they will, they, the amount of times, I would say we probably lose about a quarter to a third of applicants who will do a dry run and drive to our head office. And on a Saturday or Sunday, they'll do a dry run or of an evening. They'll pass all the flight to and think, what on earth have I got myself in for? Why would I want to come and work in this environment? And they, they never turn up. They just don't bother turning up. So, so you know, three big issues, obviously health, health and safety is the, the big one, environmental, and obviously um, it's not a great place to work. Sad because it should be a beautiful place to
0: work. Well, they've written to MPs, the council and the Environment Agency calling for something to be done. The council say enforcement officers are working closely with police to try and tackle the problem. Kent Online reports. This is one of our most read stories today. There are questions over the future of a shopping centre in Maidstone as Lidl prepares to move out. It's following in the footsteps of Matalan in leaving the Broadway Centre, not far from St Peter's Street in the town, While a number of smaller businesses are still located there, many units are now empty. The council say they're not aware of any applications for the current Lidl site and say redevelopment may need to take place in the future. Our reporter Cara Simmons has been there and joins me now. Cara, thanks ever so much for being here. For anyone who hasn't been to that centre before, can you just describe it for us? So
7: the building's made up of two big main units. One was home to Matalan uh, and the other one is currently home to Lidl. Along the bottom of the the centre uh, are about 10 or so small independent stores. Um, a lot of them have closed down now though, but um, the whole site itself feels really outdated. I mean, when I was walking along, the tiles were worn, um, the glass ceiling hadn't been cleaned. It just feels really run down and... It kind of feels like it's been forgotten compared to the rest of the town. And when you went along, what was the atmosphere like? How busy was it? It was deadly quiet. I mean, especially walking along the outside stretch in front of the smaller shops In the main shopping arcade, there were a couple of shoppers walking past me, but it looked like they only wanted to come do their weekly shop at Lidl uh, and weren't there for any other reason.
0: As you said in your piece on the website today, there are questions over its future. Can you finally just let us know more about what the council told you?
7: They said that they didn't have any new planning applications for a company to take Lidl's place or any of the other units in the centre. They did add that the site could possibly need redevelopment, um, which is interesting as back in 2019, plans for the site to be turned into 281 flats were put forward, but this was rejected. So uh, it's a big site in Maidstone and it has a lot of potential, but
0: sadly I think the future of the building still
7: remains a mystery. Cara, thank you
0: ever so much. The family of a Dartford mum who died from an incredibly rare form of cancer have raised thousands to ensure other patients get the support they need. Lee Proctor passed away in 2019 at the age of 43, four years after being diagnosed with a type of eye cancer. Her relatives have managed to raise almost £7,000 for Occumel UK, a charity that supports others with the condition. And a light railway track on Sheppey could be turned into a walking and cycle route. Campaigners want the abandoned 11-mile route converted into what they're calling a greenway, linking the eastern and western ends of the island from Queenborough to Laysdown. It closed in 1950, but parts are still visible and there'll be a meeting about it at the end of the
2: month. Kent Online Sports.
0: Cricket and a knock of 69 runs by Kent's Zach Crawley has helped guide England's Test team to a 2-1 series win over South Africa. They've won by nine wickets, having needed just 130 runs on the final day at the Oval. And Kent table tennis star Will Bailey has paid an emotional tribute to the Queen after winning gold at the Finland Para Open. A former Paralympic and world champion from Tunbridge Wells had met Her Majesty at Buckingham Palace. He's revealed he burst into tears after hearing the news about her death and said she was like everyone's grandma, someone who was constantly there. Finally, after Gillingham's game at the weekend was postponed as a mark of respect following the Queen's death, a reminder they travelled to take on Grimsby tomorrow night. The Jules have only won one game so far this season and are looking to end a quite a goal drought. Kick-off will be at 7:45. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. You need to subscribe to do that. Just head to KentOnline.co.uk